You're listening to the Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Better Man Podcast. Adam Tarno here with Chris Harper. I always say we're in studio, and now we're in separate studios. Um, we are recording for the first time virtually right now, Chris. So uh, I don't get to see you across the table, but I still get to see your smiling face. So that's awesome. Come on, man. I, I'm feeling super high tech right now. <laughs> like way outside of my wheelhouse. I'm feeling like Steve Jobs. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I'm in it. I'm in it. <laughs> I mean, you've got on the black turtleneck, the jeans with no belt. In the gray New Balance sneaks. Nobody can see that, but I can see that. And uh, you keep saying, like before we hit record, you keep saying, and there's one more thing. There's one more thing. And I'm like, Chris, all you did was log on. That's all you did. It's not that big of a deal. And by the way, it took you 19 minutes to log on, (laughs) which is not a lot. That's not an exaggeration. (laughs) I could not figure out the headphones (laughs) or this thing called Google Chrome. What is that about? (laughs) what all the intellectual elites use. We all use Google Chrome. Nobody does Safari anymore. Come on. Unbelievable. Anyway. Okay. Hey, all right. So I like today's conversation or this week's conversation. Um, Never has the idea of paying attention, like that phrase, Mm. pay attention, which we all have heard growing up from our parents, Sunday school teachers, uh, elementary school teachers, pay attention, pay attention. Nowadays, when you pay attention, it really is like a, a transaction. You're you're That's giving somebody something. There's actually yeah. a payment for that. So really some interesting studies that have come out recently. Uh, there's a book out called Attention Span that mm-hmm. came out this year that I read that was fascinating, like scary and fascinating all at the same time, just talking about how our attention spans are getting shorter but there's also more like energy towards uh, trying to grab our attention, like more Mm. than ever we're being bombarded with all of this. And so this led you down a journey recently where you were thinking about that idea of paying attention and, uh, and what it does to our heart. So uh, let's talk Mm. about that. What's on your mind with that? Absolutely, man. It, It really came after yelling it over and over to my three boys. Mm. You know um, I've got, I've got three boys and I love, I love letting them be boys. Like they're aspiring ninjas and (laughs) firefighters. And I mean, I love letting them be boys, but, but every now and then I have to rein it in. And I I kept telling them, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. And, and I got to thinking like, what does that mean? Hmm. So when someone says pay attention, like what, what are we paying with or what are we paying for? Hmm. And then, and then it hit me. You know, anytime we give our attention or we give our affection or we give our desires to something, we're actually buying a ticket for our heart to come along. Hmm, I like that. And and yeah, and and that's what we're paying for. Um, so so whether it's Netflix, whether it's pornography, whether it's the Bible, um, whatever it is, if if you're giving your attention and giving your affection to that thing. You're saying, "Hey, heart, come along." You know, yeah. you're buying a ticket for it to come with you, and and that's huge when you think about about culture today and the constant the constant want for someone's attention. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, this is why so many people, so many organizations are spending millions, if not billions, of dollars to try to clamor or to try to grab that attention because it really is valuable. 
uh, it really is valuable to get us to focus on something. Uh, mm. But I haven't thought about it from that spiritual perspective or from that internal perspective. I mean, this makes a lot of sense. This is why after a movie, you watch a really emotional movie, it it stays with you. Why you mm. watch a uh, football game and your team wins or loses, that emotion stays with you because you you brought your heart along with that. Mm. Um, and then obviously we can think about a lot of good things too, that when we're paying attention to what's true and noble and right, and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy, that has a positive impact on our hearts as well. Come right? on, come on. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I think about, I, I think we've shared this before on the show, but um, I think about Netflix, hmm. right? And I remember the CEO of Netflix talking to his investors and saying, you know, Amazon Prime and HBO Go, like they're not our competitors. Our biggest competitor is sleep. Mm. Like we want you to watch Netflix more than you want to sleep, right? Yeah. Like he really wants your attention. He wants your affection. He wants your heart. And that's why Netflix, you know, 15 seconds later, the next show is just queued up for you. You don't have to do anything. No. And 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 this is hugely spiritual. Like, like you said, you know, maybe we don't give enough attention to this in the in the spiritual, but but the Bible is clear, like whatever you behold and whatever you give yourself over to, you become like that thing. Mm. And you see this all the time in the Old Testament. You see, you see God's children, Israel, um, worshiping false idols, worshiping false things, right? And they became like that thing. You know, mm. at one point scripture says, and I'm paraphrasing, but you're worshiping a piece of wood, you're worshiping a piece of metal, and you're becoming dumb, deaf, and blind like that thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's what happens to us. Yeah. Yeah. Where, um, I mean, can you think about a time in your life where you started to connect those dots for yourself personally? Maybe you couldn't have used the words like we're using today that I just, you know, I paid attention and that was a ticket for my heart to follow. But in your, in your walk with Jesus, can you think of any times where you really started to see that connection? Oh, absolutely. Like I'm, I'm wrestling with it right now. Right. Mm. So I love Zach Bryan. I think I think he is the best singer songwriter in the world today. Okay, just just and absolutely. the emails the emails should go where for the people that disagree. Just <laughs> go ahead, right. and just let them That's know. Right. <laughs> where, That's right. Because they're like, right. uh, Chris, have you listened to some other people? But no, yeah, no doubt. All no right, doubt. so you like you like Zach Bryan. So I'll, I'm I'm wearing his new album out. Mm. I'm I'm wearing it out. Like like Spotless is phenomenal, and and it's interesting. Like the more attention I give to it, the more I listen to it, the more I memorize the lyrics, like my thought life changes, Hmm. my language digresses, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm more quick to use a swear word or use a curse word. And it's, it's so interesting how, how just listening to an album over and over or giving, giving attention to an album the last two weeks, like I can feel a, a physical, emotional, mental change happening. Interesting. It really yeah. is, man. Yeah. And, and like, like I said, I said a word I shouldn't have a couple of days ago and it just kind of like, I didn't even have to fight to like, get it out. Like oh, it yeah. just came naturally out of my heart. And I'm like, man, I usually don't say that. What? And when I looked, when I look back, I'm like, oh, that's, that's exactly what he says on the album. Like, yeah. I've just been listening to that album for the last two weeks. <laughs> that's right. So it's all Zach's fault. <laughs> yeah. Zach, thanks, bro. Yeah. Clean it up, Zach. Terrible influence. <laughs> Chris's mom is calling up going, you need to quit hanging out with that Zach. That's the <laughs> that's problem. Right. 
with it. Uh, okay, so mine, I, I mean, I've got that recently as well. Mine, mine with that would probably be, I don't know, 2004-ish time frame. It was still mm-hmm. like DVDs were a big deal. So I was doing some college ministry over on the campus of SMU, and one of the kids that was there had this big DVD collection, and he was like, hey, have you ever seen The Sopranos? And I was like, oh, no, wow. I've never seen it. And he was like, here, gave us all the DVDs, and my wife and I, we were devouring those, right? That storyline and those characters and all this stuff. And then, I mean, I I knew something was up when, just like you, I'm starting to think like Tony Soprano talks, <laughs> which anybody That's who's real. seen me, there's a big difference between the two. So that was, uh, I was not on brand for me. And I remember... Just like, I think there was this dream that I had mm-hmm. where I was cussing up a storm at somebody wow. in a dream and woke up and was like, where is all of this coming from, Lord? What's going on? And then we watched the next episode and I'm like, oh, it's there. I'm just like, it's, I, I think I can be removed from this. I'm mature and I'm adult. This isn't impacting me, mm. but it was like, no, that has a huge impact on me. And so my mm. wife and I, uh, like I know you do just try to, we, we, try to be a lot more aware of that nowadays with some of the decisions that we're making and choices from entertainment and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, but that's, you know, this isn't a message about just like, don't listen to songs with cuss words in it, right? Cause we're not, that's not it. It's probably like, if we're going to repent of this, it's turn our back and move towards something else. Right. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And this isn't, um, I want to be careful too, because it's not like a pull yourself up by, by your bootstraps mm-hmm. and just, and just hunker down. Right. Yeah. Um, whether we're binge watching college football or, or trolling on Twitter or video games, politics, it's amazing how, yeah. I mean, we're getting ready to come into a political like season with a presidential election. It is crazy how people's emotions, vocabulary, demeanor changes just because it's a presidential election year. Yeah, that's right. Right. So, so it's not just turn from those things and, and just turn off the TV, which, which that's a piece of it. Like if you can't watch a presidential debate without using swear words and ranting on Facebook, like you probably shouldn't watch the next presidential That's right. debate. Like just <laughs> stop watching it. But, there's a lot of people listening right now going, I'm totally forwarding this message to my uh, to my sister-in-law because she right. needs to hear this right now. <laughs> They've got their list of people that need that. A hundred percent. So the 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 bigger question is, you know, actually what what is your heart wanting? Mm. Like, what is that, that desire? What does your heart really want there? Uh, you know, when the first would be disciples come to Jesus and, and they say, rabbi, this is right in John chapter one, he, he turns and he looks at them and it, he doesn't ask them where they're from. He doesn't say, you know, what's your name? What do you do for a living? He looks at them and he says, what do you want? Mm. And, and the Greek word there is desire. He says, what do you desire? And it's, it's kind of cool that 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 was the first question he asked the first would be disciples, and it's the question he's asked every disciple ever since. Ever since. Then. Yep. Like, what do you desire? Yeah. What do you want? Because it's either it's either me, or it's the things of the world, right? It's either my kingdom and my will and my glory, or it's this kingdom and your will and your glory. Like, it really is black and white. Uh, yeah. we, we, we try to make it gray and, and, and we love to play in the gray, but at the end of the day, like, do our affections want Christ in the things of Christ or are we content as C.S. Lewis said, playing with mud pies on the seashore when he offers us a holiday at sea? Yeah. I mean, no, I mean that's what, exactly right. what are those desires? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and here's the deal. Like 
when you only desire and want worldly things and non-godly and and Christ-like things, like you really do, you really do become like those things. You know, you become dumb, right? You're unable to speak the truth of God because... Well, you're just numb to it. You you've you've ignored it. You've rejected it. You you become blind. You're you're unable to see your own foolishness because mm. because all you see and and all you've given your affection and time to are the things of the world. You become deaf. Like you'll close your ears to truth. You know. So I think about the Zach Bryan album. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. Um, the more I listened to the album, the less I was in scripture. Mm. And 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 all 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 week two weeks ago, man, I was quoting Zach Bryant lyrics, and, but I wasn't quoting scripture, <laughs> like 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 I was becoming deaf to to, yeah. to God's truth, right? And then ultimately, you're dead. You know, you're separated from God. Yeah, yeah, I like that because I think w- what's going through my mind right now is like uh, these desires. Maybe another word. See if you agree with this. Is the word appetite? Mm. And so. What I feed myself on a regular basis, that appetite is only going to continue to grow. And so there has to be some separation from maybe the, the quote, food I'm eating that I know is not taking my heart in the direction it wants to go. Mm. And in the first couple of meals, like if I'm only eating pizza and then I start eating salads, I mean, the first couple meals are going to be a little crummy. I'm going to be like, I like the pizza better than the salad. But I do know this, you know, if you've gone to done, you know, some of those fad things over the years, whether it be keto or Whole30 or all those kind of things, the first couple of days are hard, but then you start to notice something very surprising. Your appetite starts to change mm-hmm. and you start to notice that these other foods that didn't look appetizing before suddenly are, you have a new type of hunger. I don't know. There, there's something there. Do you, do you see some connection with that? Oh, absolutely. You're, I mean, we're, we're metaphysical beings and not just are we we physical beings but but we have desires yeah. um, we have wants we have longings and and to think that our environment does not shape those things well we would just be fools as a matter of fact there are a lot of scientific studies that is proven like your your genetics um, your genes kind of shape your proclivities they shape um, mm. kind of your taste. But it's your environment that shapes your destiny. Mm. It's your environment that shapes your direction. Yeah. Right? So so whatever is happening around us, we are not, we're not neutral to that. We're not numb to that. Like we're not being affected by that. No, we're affected by everything. I I I, I remember my wife's grandfather who who was my mentor. Um, he got to a certain age where it really wasn't healthy for him to be out cutting his his lawn. Mm-hmm. So every Saturday morning I would get up and I would go cut his grass mm. and I hated it. Like it was Saturday morning. I'd rather yeah. be eating donuts, like watching <laughs> TV and, but I'd get up and I'd go cut his grass. And then like every third Saturday, I really hated it because I know that was the day he'd want me to get on the roof and blow out the gutters. <laughs> right. It was just terrible. But bro, after, after four months of that, I kind of started I'd get up on Saturday and I'd be excited huh. like to go be with him and hear the same old stories again. Mm. And then, and then like a year into it, Saturday morning became my most favorite part of the week. Wow. And now here I am, you know, four years after his death. And the thing I miss most is cutting his grass on Saturday morning. Saturday mornings. Yeah. 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 
which is just that provides hope, you know, because some sometimes we get like, all right, can I change? Can can I change the, these attitudes? Can I change these desires? Can I change this appetite? And the answer is yes. It's probably not going to change overnight because no. whatever appetite you've developed already, it's that that didn't develop overnight. That's something mm. that developed over time, and so uh, so this will probably probably it can happen, but it probably won't happen at the pace in which you want. But you got to you got to get started on that journey sooner or later. Absolutely. And I think it starts by asking God, God, mm-hmm. give me the desires of your heart. Yeah. Uh, Lord, the things you love, help me love. Lord, the things you hate, help me hate. Like yeah. show me and, yeah. and create in me. So when we become a new creation in Christ, you know, we're not just saved from hell. I mean, we are, but we also have, have a new will. We have, we have new desires. We should have new taste. We should have a new language, right? And, and that's why Paul describes young believers as babes in Christ. And I'm not talking about young in age. I'm talking about whether you're 70 or 7. If you're just believing, you're, you're a babe in Christ. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're, you're learning how to walk, but, but you need to be fed the right things. <laughs> like, yes. like you need someone to come alongside of you. You need a Bible preaching church. You need mentors. You need, you need to be listening to, to spiritually healthy music and, and watching spiritually healthy, you know, programs and things of that nature. You need to feed your new spiritual life right. so that you can grow to maturity. Otherwise you get stuck in this this perpetual stage of adolescence and you've got the apostle Paul or Chris Harper screaming at you, man, I'd love <laughs> to give you, I'd love to give you a ribeye, but you, you, you haven't gotten off the spiritual teeth yet, man. You're yeah. still on milk, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is so good. So good. <laughs> so, so it starts, I mean, what? Let, let's think about like the person driving around right now going, all right, I don't even know if this is something I struggle with, with, with all of this. I mean, I, I'm thinking, I, I'm going to throw my old CPA word out there. Like there's got to be an audit of our heart in some instance or an audit of our life. And it is, is the question to ask, like, is there anything in our character, our habits, our behaviors right now that is unbecoming, something that we're kind of, yeah. we wish we could change? And is it just taking some time to try to see, all right, let me connect the dots here. Am I paying attention to something? Have I given my heart uh, access to something that maybe I need to make some changes there? Is that a good place to start? Absolutely. And I so A.W. Tozer did something called Seven rules of self-discovery hmm. and we'll we'll link these in the show notes but it was seven questions that he always asked himself whether it was once a week or five times a week i mean obviously he he knew himself you know better than we would know him but these were seven questions he always had in front of himself and by asking these seven questions and answering them honestly he could gauge what he was giving his attention his desires his heart to that's right Super simple, man. The first question was, what do I want the most? Like, mm-hmm. what do I want? Second question was, what do I think about the most? Third question was, how do I use my money? Which is always a telltale sign of where your mm-hmm. heart is, by the way. Yeah. And I didn't say that. Jesus did. Mm. Fourth question is, um, what do I do with my leisure time? Fifth question is, what company do I love? Like, what company do I enjoy having around me? Yeah. The sixth question is who and what do I admire? Like who are my heroes? And then the seventh question, which is always the most convicting for me is, is what do I laugh at? That's good. Yeah. Because I'm always, typically I'm laughing at the things that, that like God would, would either be angry at or be, be mournful over. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Those are really good. I, if there, if I was going to put like a summary over that of, of, 
you know, when my eyes start opening up to a lot of this, it's just, I, I need to get really picky about mm-hmm. what I'm paying attention to. I mean, just yeah. as a follower of Jesus who wants a, a healthy relationship with others and to continue to be growing in my relationship with God, then I think that's that's one of the things. Like, I just need to be picky about this because it all matters. It all impacts us. And we're not, you know, this is not a uh, do this so God loves you type thing. This is yeah. just, this is more on that holiness side, on that sanctification side. That so those are some really, really good questions for us to ask ourselves because... Uh, as you said, what we pay attention to, we're given our heart, that ticket to come along, and it, it right. has an impact on us. Yeah, yeah. You can't separate those two things. No. You know, there's no dualism here. You're not like the material and the immaterial don't matter. No, no, no. Whatever whatever you physically are giving yourself to, man, there there is a whole emotional, intellectual, spiritual side that's coming along for the ride, man. So where are you driving it? That's right. That's good. Okay. Well, Chris, as always, uh, I think the only person that's not going to like this episode is our boy, Zach. So uh, he's, uh, but hopefully he, he understands where we're coming from on that. But uh, as always, Zach. yeah, great conversation as always. Talk to you next time. See you, brother. Every week here on the Better Man Podcast, our aim is to give you real tips on how you can be the better man that God has made you to be. And we do this because we meet guys all the time who want to be a better man, but they don't know how to do it. Most men get their cues on what it means to be a man from the culture. And although there are some great examples out there, we believe the most common cultural examples of masculinity fall short of what God wants from us. Well, today, in addition to this podcast, we want to let you know about a bonus resource. It's called Five Ways to Be a Better Man. It's a free e-publication written to simplify and encourage your pursuit of biblical masculinity. It's actionable, it's quick to read, and it's free. All you have to do is go to betterman.com, put in your email address, and you will be able to download this publication called Five Ways to Be a Better Man. So go on out there right now, betterman.com. Once again, that's betterman.com.